Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of So I Married a Horror Fan. This is episode number 48. Um, I am your host, Simon, aka the Cinnamon Butter Snake. Fuck's sake, and I'm Lee. <laughs> she, her full name is Fuck's sake, I am Lee. Yeah. Fuck's sake, I am married to the Cinnamon Butter Snake. Um, so, it's been a while, it's been, it, well, I say it's been a while, we had an episode last week, like, it's been a while since we've recorded one, because we had to bulk record a bunch of episodes, because you went away for a bit. I did. So it feels very weird to be, like, recording an episode again. It does. Um, but, it's going to be a fun episode. So, we just want to, just want to quickly mention, I want to apologise for the fact that there was not a 5x5 five five this Friday just gone, uh, sort of work and life just kind of got in the way. So we didn't get a chance to record one for this week, but we have got one coming up this Friday, which will be the 18th. Um, and in honour of Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is what next week's episode is going to be on, our 5x5 on Friday is going to be a nice lead in to Ghostbusters, as we are going to be looking at our top five ghosts in popular culture. So... That's going to be very exciting, Space Ghost. Uh, yeah, so that'll be quite fun. And then next week, we are going to be looking at Ghostbusters Afterlife. But today, we are going to be looking at the 1987 horror comedy slash child-friendly family comedy something i would not say this film's child friendly but sure <laughs> I, I think it's more child friendly than a lot of movies like it it we'll talk about that in a minute but today we are covering the monster squad yes so would you like to do the thing that you do i will so monster squad released in 1987 Ooh. i was Two years old, son. I was yet but a twinkle in my parents' eyes. You were minus five. Minus five. Um, directed by Fred Decker, written by Shane Black and Fred Decker, and it's starring. Right, this is not in order, so this can be a bit of a, no no a nuisance. So Andre Gower as Sean, mm -hmm. Robbie Kiger as Patrick. See, seriously, this is this is how this is written out. Stephen Match as Dell slash Sean's dad. <laughs> Uh, Duncan, oh my god, Rega? Yeah. Riga? I don't know. As Count Dracula. Tom Noonan as Frankenstein's monster. Brent Shalam as Horace. Ryan Lambert as Rudy. Ashley Bank as Phoebe. Michael Fostino as Eugene. Mary Ella Tr Ellen Trainer as Emily. Uh, 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 uh. Lisa Fuller as Patrick's sister. Did not realise she did not have a name. Jason Hervey as EJ. Uh, Carl, oh my god, Thibault. Tybalt. Tybalt as Wolfman. Tom Woodruff, Woodruff Jr. as Gilman. Michael Reed McKay as The Mummy. Jack Gwillem as Van Helsing. And I think that is it. And then uh, you got the German Will guy. Will Richards is Mr. Metzger. Yeah, he's the German guy. That's what you saw to him. <laughs> so, my first question is for Shane Black and Fred Decker. Why did you guys never form a production company called Black and Decker? <laughs> I mean, it's a good question. 
And it's an excellent pun. It's like Tim Curry and Tim Rice never teaming up and becoming Curry and Rice. That is true. That is true. Although, fucking Shane Black and Fred Decker are responsible for some banging films. Before this, Fred Decker directed Night of the Creeps with Tom Atkinson. Yep. Thrill me. He also wrote House 1 and House 2. Did he write the house? I did wonder if he'd wrote the house movies because he came up as recommended. Yeah. We haven't seen those yet. We hit around to it at some point. And then he, he wrote like a bunch of stuff with Shane Black. But Shane Black's most famous for writing Lethal Weapon, Last, oh, wow. Last Action Hero, Last Boy Scout, Predator. Uh, he wrote that with Decker. Yeah. He's in it as well. Oh, Black and Decker. Uh, he, he wrote and they both wrote and directed the new Predator. Because he wrote the original Predator, or wrote bits on the original Predator, and then they wrote the Predator together. And then he also did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which he directed. He also did The Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, which he directed. Mm-hmm. And then he did uh, Iron Man 3, which he, he uh, wrote and directed. Indeed. So Shane Black's done a lot of shit. Like, there's a reason why people like Shane Black. Yeah. Uh, he also did, I forgot to mention, because it's one of my favourite movies that he did... He also did The Long Kiss Goodnight, which has got Gina Davis and uh, Samuel L. Jackson in it, and it was directed by Rennie Harlan, who was uh, Gina Davis's husband at okay. the time. Okay, so synopsis-wise, just before we go into anything else, I'm going to read you one. Can I do the synopsis on this one? Would well, you want to read one and I'll read the other? Because there's two separate yeah. synopsises that are quite good. Which one do you want to read? The IMDb no, one? No, or no, the... no, you can read the IMDb one and I'll do, I'll do my own one. Oh, okay, right. So I'll read you the two from IMDb then. So the, the actual one that's credited at the top of IMDb is a group of young monster fanatics attempt to save their hometown from Count Dracula and his monsters. Pretty on game. But I like this one just because I like the opening line of it. Dracula is alive. In fact, he plans to rule the world and that is why he seeks the help of other legendary monsters. However, a bunch of kids, regarded by their peers as losers, uncover the devious plan and prepare for a counter-strike. Or... I like that. (laughs) Or the actual synopsis, uh, Shane Black and Fred Decker accomplished the Dark Universe 30 years before Universal failed. Yeah, fair. Fair. That's actually a really good one. Because that's basically what this movie is. It is. You it's like correct. it's like the Dark Universe, but for kids. Yeah. It's a, it's a, such a weird movie. Like the fi- the thing of this movie is. Oh, excuse me. I didn't see this movie until about six years ago. It was the first time I watched it. I'd never really heard of it, and then somebody was like, "You should watch this movie called The Monster Squad," and I was like, "Okay." But the thing is, it's one of those movies, like, it's so many different things in one. Like, it's... Because the kids in it, like... the ki- We'll start with the kid characters. Because the kids feel like kids from, like, It mm. and Stand By Me and The Goonies and The Lost Boys. And if you were, I guess, comparing them to, like, kids nowadays, they would be, like, the Stranger Things kids. Like, they would be the blueprint for, like, what the Stranger Things kids are. Yeah. Um, or, like, the kids in Goosebumps. Yeah. Like, the the newer film, not the... I mean, the, I guess the TV series as well, but I'm talking, like, if you were comparing them to kids in movies, they would be, like, the Goosebumps kids from those ones with Jack Black in them. The first one, not the second one, because it's dog shit. Um, so that would kind of be, like, my thing of... You can see where influence came from, but you can see, like, 
down the line things that have easily been influenced by this movie. The problem with my one big problem with this movie is Shane Black's writing because Shane Black writes amazingly for adults. Like if anybody's seen any of his movies, Lethal Weapon, for example, Last Action Hero, etc., you know that he writes really self-referential dialogue that's really like fast-paced. But when you apply that to children, it doesn't always work. Yeah. And there's some dialogue that the kids say in this movie that even though it was written 30 years ago, I'm just a bit like, the kids of this age would yeah. not talk like that. You like, would hope. Yeah. Oh, there's like... And I'm not even talking about the slurs, like when that kid drops the F slur and all stuff like that. Yeah. I'm just talking in general. They, they, they kind of, It's kind of the same as, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's kind of the same as, like, Kevin Williamson, how everyone in Dawson's Creek is meant to be 16 years old, but they all fucking sound like they swallowed a thesaurus and yeah. they're just, like, t- using big words and language that is definitely, like, not befitting of their age. And I definitely feel that that is the case here. So there are scenes in this movie where the kids' dialogue gets a little bit cringy. Yeah. However, with that said, for the most part, I think that the kids in this movie, for the age that they were, clearly were in real life when the movie was made, they're actually pretty good. Like, the kid actors do not suck in this movie. They they generally act like kids would in this situation. Yeah. Like, a little bit, yeah. They're actually, like pretty well represented and pretty well written kids. I was like, I don't know how you feel about it. I like the kids in this film. Um, I, I do think they're quite good. There, there's some interesting almost casting for this film, though. Mm. So the main kid, who is played by Andre Gower, Sean, was um, Sean, um, Seth Green screen-tested for it. I knew this. I would have loved to have seen the movie in which Seth Green... <laughs> Yeah, because Seth, Seth Green, going back to the It thing, he plays the young version of Richie, I think, in the original It miniseries. He plays one of the kids. Are you sure? Yeah, he's in the he's in the first part of It. I can't remember which one of the kids it is he plays, but he plays one of the kids. I'm not going to lie to you. I've seen the TV version of It once. And I never planned on ever rewatching it because it terrified the absolute bejesus out of me when I was a kid. But the main kid in this, Sean, who's played by Andre Gower, is it Gower? Gower, I think. I'm pretty confident. We'll he, um, Gower. He reminds me a lot of Corey Haim's character from Lost Boys. Like, they look very similar. Is and... it Haim? Yeah, he's the one who plays Michael's brother, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of him in this movie. I'm saying that with absolutely no confidence. I can never remember which aim is which aim is which, which Corey is which. Because he's just like, yeah, man, like there's monsters and and shit, and we have to do something because we're the Monster Squad. And I'm pretty sure, like from the little that I remember of Lost Boys, I think the fact that they look very similar doesn't help. Yeah. Um, because he looks a lot like um. Corey Haim does in that movie. But yeah, that's who he kind of reminded me of a lot. Um, I can't imagine Seth Green... Oh, I can imagine Seth Green playing the role, but he would have been really young at the time. Um, it would have been interesting to see like that kind of him doing something like this young. 
Because he's yeah. the only other thing that I think that he would have been in around this time was My Stepmother is an Alien, I think, is the movie well, I'm thinking of. Well, was 87? Yeah, and he's in that movie with Alison Hannigan. It's the first thing they did together. It was so, like, My Stepmother is an Alien. 87, let's have a look. And then obviously he did the It miniseries like three years later. Yeah. Uh, he would have been in by this point. The only film that I know by name on here is Can't Buy Me Love or Can't Buy Love. Because mm-hmm. he's in that. Yeah, he Can't Buy Me Love. And that's then, yeah, 88 was My Stepmother as an Alien. Yeah. With Dan Aykroyd and Daryl Hannah, maybe, I think, who in that? I know it's him and Alison Hannigan. I know Alison Hannigan and Stefalina, because it's the first thing they worked on together. Uh, it is definitely Dan Aykroyd in it. Kim Basinger. Oh, Basinger. there we go. Basinger. Yeah. So, so he's post-Ghostbusters, she's pre-Batman. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, what did what did you think of the kids? I just said that. I liked the kids. I liked... Um, Eugene. Is he the one that hangs out? kid. No, that's Horace. Horace, sorry. Is Eugene's the one that's got the little, the little beagle? I think he's a little young, young one. Yeah, and he's hang. He just hangs out with that beagle all he's, the time. Yeah. No, I liked um, Horace, who throughout most of the film is just referred to as fat kid. Yeah. Um, he, he gets. It's that... not until the very end, is it, that he actually said you actually hear his name properly? Yeah, because he pulls the shotgun and, and he's, he's like, like, "My name is Horace." Yeah. Um, because none of his friends ever refer to him by name. No. I don't think. Um, I quite like him just because he's a really funny character. But I like what is he called? The older kid who Rudy. Drinks? Rudy. Don, I like Rudy. The one who looks like a shit Fonz. Yeah. Rudy's the exact guy. If I'd seen this as a, like, as a kid, oh, he would have been the character that I fancied. Obviously. Obviously. Because he's, he's cool. He's got a leather jacket. Because he's got a fucking bike and he looks like Johnny Depp in Crybaby. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> that movie's great. Never seen it. Um, yeah, I think like that. I lo- like for me, I love the con- like I love the concept of this movie, and I think that it's the concept of the movie that really sells it. I just think that it's unfortunate that the movie's very short. Cause they, only, yeah, well, they cut a load out because they didn't want it to go run longer over than 90, 90 minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, that's such a, like, <laughs> let, let down. Because there's, like, there's so... But, like, the thing is, they cram a lot in, like, 82 minutes. Because, mm. like, every monster that's presented gets all of their tropes. So, like, they get all of the all of the things that makes them them. Like, Dracula's got the bats and the brides and the smoke and the cape and the shit accent and the castle... I like the Wolfman's got the whole silver bullets turning into a man. Like they, they do. They, 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 they um, crush a lot into this. Yeah. And also, like, it's really funny because while they are all quite obviously their characters, and I think they get referred to as Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman. They are different enough from the Universal Monster versions of them that they don't get sued. To not get sued, yeah. but it's still close enough that you instantly go, "Oh, yeah, look, it's Frankenstein." I think that's why they never call. They never refer to the creature by name. Like yeah, he man. never, he never actually gets called anything in the movie. Um, I think the closest they come is Eugene when he drops the Twinkie in the water. He says, "The creature." stole my Twinkie and that's it yeah um and then obviously because Frankenstein Wolfman and Dracula although 
are all kind of public-ish domain. Yeah, so the 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 look of them is owned by Universal Monsters, but I don't think the names are owned by Universal. No. Because yeah. obviously they would be public domain by this point. Yeah, there's like specific elements, I think, that Universal own. Yeah. Well, um, it's, the, it's the green skin bolts in the neck that is like Universal's Frankenstein. Yeah. And like with Dracula, it's like the widow's peak and cape. Hmm. Although they do do that cool, like I said to you when we were watching it, they do do that homage scene to, to James the, yeah. Wales Frankenstein where he's like hanging out with the girl and she's got the, he's hanging out with Phoebe and she's got the flowers, which obviously in James Wells' version of the film has a much more um, upsetting conclusion, shall we say. Um, but yeah, I think like, I think it's definitely, I can't imagine like the idea of pitching this movie in the 80s because... We talk about Universal Monsters because obviously the Universal Monsters movies of like the 20s and the 30s, as they progressed, you did have like Frankenstein meets Abbott and Costello, uh, Frankenstein versus Wolfman, like Bride of Frankenstein. You had all of these like spin-offs and then you had like the monsters had come along by this point. So the the idea of the characters kind of teaming up wasn't anything new, but teaming them up in this way, essentially... They essentially made a horror Avengers, thing is, effectively. Is it, the thing is, is, I've heard this movie referenced to, and I agree with it a lot, it's a basically a horror Goonies. In fact, the mum in it is the mum in Goonies. She's also Holly Gennaro from Die Hard. Oh, is she? Yeah. Because um, she's the, she's the mum in Goonies, so Sean's mum, Sean and Phoebe's mum, is the mum in the fucking Goonies film. I'm, I'm about to lose us 150,000 followers. I don't like Goonies, guys. I know, you watched it way too late. You need to have seen it as a kid. Yeah. It has so much nostalgia for me as a movie. I love that film. But no, I I completely get what you mean. And I think the Goonies came out, what, two years prior to this-ish, roughly? 85, I think. Yeah. And, like, it definitely has that Amblin... And I think that's part of the magic of it, is it has that Amblin-like feel to it. So when you watch, like, an Amblin movie, like... The, the what's known as like the Spielberg family like the wife husband two kids they live in like middle America something weird happens to them like absentee father ish kind of thing yeah you look at like the close encounters of the third kind family or like Poltergeist or E.T. or anything like that all of these like and Goonies because Spielberg like produced Goonies mm. you look at these kind of like Spielbergian type families and it does feel like that kind of and again like as I say like that was obviously you've got the Stephen King kind of elements, you've got the Spielbergy kind of elements, and then like if you were to watch this now, it's ve- like if you were to watch this movie now for the very first time, somebody would literally look at it and go, "Oh, it's just Stranger Things," because that's what the barometer would be for it now. Do you know what's really interesting about this film? Because I just found this out when I was looking at it. Because obviously we referred to it as like a family-friendly horror comedy. Yeah, it's for fifteen. Is actually yeah, yeah. I can see why the language. I think. Gives it and a there's a little bit of blood there. towards a little the bit. end. Not a massive amount, no. but I think the language used definitely pushes that rating up. Yeah. Like, I I think, like, much... Because we, we had this conversation recently about, like, family-friendly horror movies and movies that we would show our kids, like, when we were trying to get them into horror. Like, people always say that Poltergeist is a family-friendly horror movie, and I go back and forth on Poltergeist quite a lot because I think there are scenes in Poltergeist that are quite scary that I wouldn't show to a young child. And it's the same as, like, Gremlins. Like, I wouldn't show Gremlins to a small child. No. 
Gremlins... But the thing is, is when they're young, you start them off on things like Transylvania. Yeah. But then you watch, like, like looking at this, I'm like, if you took some of the language out of it, there's not anything in this really that I think a small child would find that scary. May- maybe, maybe the look of Frankenstein. But, like, I don't... It's the same with like Ghostbusters. We're like, yeah, Ghostbusters is a kids' movie, and then you realise it's got the fucking ghost blowjob. The, go- the ghost blowjob scene in it, and you're just like, uh, maybe, maybe it isn't. Like, it's a hard one because to me, I would say that this is a perfectly acceptable like gateway horror movie nope. for a child. Um, but that thing is, having rewatched it, I think if I hadn't rewatched it, I'd have probably been like, yeah, 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 it's fine. But having rewatched it, I'm not. It's not even the actual context of the film. I don't think the content of the film is that bad. But the language used in this film, mm-hmm. because it was the '80s and you know it was cool to use slurs, um, I would not want to expose a child to, especially because like the really bad ones happen in like the first ten minutes of the film. Yeah, and then it kind of calms down after. Yeah. That. Yeah. But I'm like, I would not want to expose a child to that language because they're not going to hear it from us. Well, this is like, I'll tell you a funny story. This is actually a really funny story. So you talk about the language. Um, when, so I would have been, we're going back, what, 94, 95? So we're looking at like... nine ten. Yeah, I'd have been about 10 years old. And for some God only knows reason, it was around Christmas time and my... We like Christine was on, yeah, and I was like, Christine is a non-violent movie, really. Like, there's not a lot of blood. I don't think there's any really any blood in that movie. It's a pretty bloodless no. movie. And so, so like my my parents were like, oh, this is fine. So we kind of just sat there, like, and my sister would have been about seven or eight at this time. And there's a scene in Christine. So you've got me and my mum, my sister, my dad, my nan, and my uncle in our front room watching this movie, right? And there's a scene, if you haven't seen this movie, this is a mild spoiler. There's a scene about 15, 20 minutes into the movie where, like, the, the bully gang are, like, bullying the, like, Ar- Arnie. And they're, like, his surname's Cunningham. So they keep calling him Cuntingham. And they say the word quite a lot. And my dad's sitting there going, I did not realise <laughs> how bad the language. And it's, like, me as a 10-year-old. And this kid's, like... Come on, cunt, Cuntingham, and I'm just like, oh Jesus! Like, and I the thing I was, is, like, as well, I, I think because obviously it's an American film. Yeah. I don't think that word is as bad in America as it is over here. Because yeah. obviously in the UK, it's like it's like top tier swearing. The irony is that's the only swear word my dad doesn't like. Yeah. And and like, yeah, it's the same with my mum. My mum hates it. My mum only uses it when she's really pissed off. But like the thing is, you kind of look at it and I'm just like, in hindsight, I'm like, that's pretty bad. That's pretty <laughs> bad. Yeah. But like, the thing is, but then after that, I never repeated the word and I didn't, because I, I didn't know what the word was. So to me, I didn't know it was a bad word. Yeah. Um, it's only as you become an adult and then you rewatch these things for adult Just a side eyes. note for everyone listening, it's my favourite swear word. Oh yeah. Like, I, I love using it and people get so offended. I've had people before tell me I can't use it and I'm sat there going, but I have one, so therefore I should be allowed to use it. <laughs> I find it I find it really funny because it's one of those words over here, it's like a term of endearment in certain places. Oh, especially London, like yeah. South South London. Like you got your mates like, you're right, you cunt. How you yeah, doing? How you doing? Like, you're right. 
And like, I always think of that fucking uh, daytime thing when uh, Jordan took her son on the t- Katie Price took her son on the TV, and he said, "Oh, like, <laughs> oh, it was like on BBC News. It was like, it was like ITV morning show." <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "If someone's bullied, what do you say?" And he's like, "Oh, you can." <laughs> Just so it's really like I was. Anyway, it's a proper London one. Yeah, I feel like we should stop using it, but it is funny in the context of like. So yeah, I kind of fully understand what you mean, but I think sometimes like parents, parents watch things and then kind of haven't seen them for a while, and then they kind of forget, and then kids kind of inadvertently get exposed to them. Yeah. But I do, I I do think like outside of because there's not a lot of swearing in this movie. No. It's just those like particular slurs at the beginning of the movie and stuff. And I think bitch gets used a couple of times. Yeah, Dracula well. calls a child bitch. Yeah, you like, little Phoebe a bitch. This, like, he, he's, he calls a five-year-old kid a bitch. Do you know what's great about the scene? So I looked up some facts about this film because it's what I do in my spare time. And uh, so you know when Phoebe screams when Dracula's mm. holding her up, calling her a bitch. So basically... Um, the director had said to her, like, when the time's right, you need to scream. And she was like, well, how will I know? And he was like, trust me, you'll know. She was terrified of Dracula with his fangs and his red contacts in. So the actor didn't wear them around her because they scared her so much. So that scream she gives off when Dracula opens his eyes and, like, hisses at her is, like, a legit child scream because she was fucking terrified of his contacts that's fair i mean it's one of those things like the scream in the scene seems very real and you're kind of like she's an actress and she's a child and you would think that oh no she was legit screaming that's why it was done in one take that's hilarious to me (laughs) that's actually hilarious to me but yeah, I mean, how would you how would you rate the depictions of the monsters in the movie? I really I think Dracula's a prick. Do you know what's really interesting? It's another interesting fact that I learned. Mm. So a magazine called Wizard, I don't know what magazine this is, did a top one hundred villains in movies and thirty was Dracula. Specifically this Dracula though. Nice. And I was like, I love the fact that throughout all of history, all of these amazing adaptations of Dracula we have, you picked Monster Squad Dracula as one of the top 100 scariest villains of all time. Nice. Fucking sure. Um, I like Dracula. I think I think I like him because he's a dickhead, though. Like, he's such an asshole. And I'm like, I like that. I like that he's not, like, some suave, smooth-talking... I feel like he's just... He's just a bit inept. Like, they of- all are. <laughs> but like of all the monsters in this movie, I think he is probably. I think maybe it's just because he is depicted the most tropey. I guess like everything that people look at when they look at Dracula, they're like shit accent, white face paint, cape, bats. He's just they just kitchen sink him. Oh yeah, and he's he's the only one who gets like the kitchen sink treatment. But I think it's because he is the most developed character because, let's be honest, he's the only one that fucking talks and has, like, an actual personality. But I do think, like, there's certain scenes in this where you're just like, I don't really understand, like, what he's doing. Like, he's just, like, he's he's got kind of an idea and he's got, like, a little bit of a plan, but it never really... Like, you never really kind of know why he's using the other monsters. Like, I guess because... He needs, he's like, he, yeah, he needs, like, fucking backup. 
But like we we don't really know how he's gonna take over the world with this amulet. We don't really know how the rest of the monsters play into this like plan to like you know, and this is kind of what I mean about the movie being short. It feels like it could have used that 15, 20 minutes extra to kind of explain what his plan was and what happens if he actually enacts his plan. I don't think it really matters one way or another, to be honest. Because this is the first time you've ever seen, like, Dracula in a movie as, like, a villain with a plan. Like, in all other movies, Dracula is just, like, a guy who's, like, I need to carry on my bloodline and there's probably a woman involved somewhere because there always fucking is. And, and... The motherfucker's driving. He's fucking driving in this. That's what I was going to look up, wasn't it? Does Dracula drive in anything else? But talking of the monsters... Well, technically, he drives in the monsters because Grandpa is Dracula and he drives the car with Eddie. So... I guess... I don't know. Nobody has um, Googled it enough for me to have an answer. Apologies. Well, that's a fucking shame. Um, but yeah, no, I quite like the Dracula just because he is inept and I, I find it hilarious. But my favourite is Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. I love the monster so much. He's just adorable in this. Yeah. And he's kind of how I anticipate the character being, if you look at like the traditional, original depiction of Frankenstein is kind of how I imagine his character being to a degree. Yeah. And I think like, I think obviously the depictions of the monsters like lean very much towards the stereotypical types, but that's not to say that the representations of the monsters are bad. Like they all look kind of how they should look and they all kind of act how they should act. Yeah. Like the mummy acts like a mummy and it looks kind of like the mummy from under wraps. And like, which is the Disney movie, if no one's ever seen it. Wolfman, looks like a Wolfman with his ripped jeans and t-shirt on. And his testicles, because the kids kick him in the balls. He's got nads. Yeah, they're like, Wolfman's got nads. They kick him in the balls, which is hilarious. Gilman is... Gilman looks really cool. He's like, like hanging out in the sewers doing Gilman shit. He's not in it a lot though. Like he is just hanging around doing Gilman shit. Yeah, he's in like maybe two scenes because when they storm the castle, he's not or like Dracula's lair. He's not there. No. He's like the mummy. They've already killed the mummy by that point. They think Frankenstein's dead. Um, and like it's just Dracula and his brides and Wolfman. And like Gilman's, yeah, Gilman's like suspiciously not there for like a long period of time. He pops up and he steals that kid's Twinkie. Yeah. And then he fucks off for a bit. Like he did. He shows up with Frankenstein as well. Yeah, I feel like he's only in it because they they needed like to make up the numbers. And I kind of I do wonder if like they had an idea of like if there was ever a consideration to have like other like. Like the Invisible Man, or like anything like that in it, because the Invisible Man would be quite useful in this situation. He would, but also I feel like whenever you watch anything with a depiction of the Invisible Man in it, he does not play well with others. Yeah, because he's a fucking narcissist. Yeah, man does not play well with others ever. Yeah, I mean it's really interesting because in the book he's a villain and he murders a bunch of people. And in one of the films, he murders like 130-odd people. Yeah. But then, like, in some depictions of him, he's actually depicted as being, like, all right. Yeah. It's the... I think what they basically said is it's kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Like, the more he takes the invisibility potion, 
the crazier it makes him. I have no idea. I've like, never read it. I've only seen a couple of films with him in it, and one of those is a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Was League of Extraordinary? Yeah, I think there's something over time. Like it makes him more, like it breaks his sanity down. They over could time. have had Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, that would have been a good. But I feel like that also would have not been very helpful, because uh, Jekyll is generally viewed as an all right dude, and Hyde is again, he doesn't play well with others. He tends to kill them. Yeah. But, with that said, he would effectively be the team's Hulk. Yeah, but you'd also have to get him to do what you want, and I feel like he'd just be like, nah. Because he's... He, it depends on the depiction of him you see, because in certain depictions, Hyde is quite smart still. Like, he maintains Jekyll's smarts. Yeah. And in others, he's kind of just like a mindless Hulk kind of monster. And uh, it depends on which version of him you get, I think. Because if he's still smart, I feel like he'd be like, what's in it for me? I help you what what do I get and if he's just the monster he's basically pure id so he would just do whatever the fuck he pleases anyway yeah so again not a good not a good team player and we're ripping this idea apart babe. no I if mean this one man does not play well with others Jekyll and Hyde do not play I mean, well with others I'm just very interested to see what <laughs> other characters would have been in the mix or what they would have done like with other universal monsters because it's it, such an interesting concept that it's kind of like you do kind of sit there and think, well, what would have happened if this character had been in it or that character or, you know, etc. It's yeah. like any of these types of things. It's like when you think about the Avengers, it's like, oh, wow, how would that first Avengers movie have been if it had Ant-Man in it or like... Yeah. Do you know what? I'd love I'd love a Universal Monsters like TV show if it's just a lot of them like having to live together in like a Big Brother style yeah. situation. I like would Tron- pay- Good fucking money. Like Drawn Together. Do you remember that TV show Drawn yeah. Together? But see, this is kind of the point I was going to go on to. Because I was like, we live in an age now where everybody's trying to like resurrect old IP, either for remakes or like TV film, like TV shows. This is a fucking concept and an idea that would actually benefit from a TV show. Now, I mean, how a show like this exists in a post-Stranger Things world, I don't really know. But... The idea of like the monster squad, and you are, you, I guess you could kind of do it almost like Buffy for kids, yeah. where you could have like an episode focused on each of the monsters, like where they're fighting a different monster, or you could have like the team up and the overarching thing of like the, the narrative, like eight episodes, and it's the one narrative of them trying to stop the whole team, get the amulet, or like whatever the fuck. I mean, I'm just putting it out there. Universal Monsters Big Brother. I mean, yeah. Give me the lot of them having to live in a house share, kind of like what we do in the shadows. But the whole of the Universal Monsters, like basically having to live in a house share together. You don't like that film. So bad. <coughs> but come on, it would be funny. Yeah, it would be funny. Like, but yeah, I think of all the IP, like horror IP, I think Monster Squad would definitely benefit from having a, like a limited series or something yeah, on true. Amazon. I think it would be really fun. I'm cool. more interested in my concept at this point. I'm sending like prayers out into the universe, hoping Taika Waititi picks it up. Can't be any worse than that <laughs> fucking I know what you did last summer TV show. Show, but no, like this, like the the thing with this movie is, I think to a degree, like this is only the second time I've ever watched this movie. And I think it's aged really well. Like, the practical effects are very, very good in this movie. They are. Um, and that's what I think a movie like this lives or dies on. Because I think the temptation would be, if they made it now, to make everything CGI. 
Um, and yeah. I, I think given how well, like, how the fucking Wolfman movie that came out 10, 11 years ago, Benicio Del Toro having a fucking CGI Wolfman in it flopped. And, like, actually, no, saying that, didn't... Am I right in saying that Van Helsing's got all of them in as well? It's got Dracula, it's got Wolfman, but I don't think it has everyone else in it. I think it's only got Dracula and Wolfman. Hmm. I can't remember. It's been a very long time since I saw Van Helsing. That movie sucks. It does, but it's got two really hot people in it, so... What, Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman's stunt double? Oh, yeah. I can't remember who else is in that film, but I always remember because it's, it's, it's Hugh Jackman and... It's Huge Action and Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Pre or post Underworld? Post around, Underworld, I think. Around about the same time. I think she was doing both at the same time. I think it was... But I think it came out after Underworld had come out. Because mm. I'm pretty sure that was part of the reason I wanted to go see it. Because I like Underworld. To be quiet in my corner. <laughs> <laughs> How how do you feel this movie holds up like for you? Like how did you think? Because this is only the, like me. This is only the second time you've seen it. But how do you feel it stands up like over thirty four years? I think it stands up quite well. Like I think they could remake it as is today with just some like slight adaptations to the script. I think it would still stand up as a film today. Um, yeah, it's aged really well. <clears throat> like, aside from the obvious things of, like, language they use in the film, I don't think it's aged badly at all. The special effects vaguely stand up quite well. I don't know about the bat sequences <laughs> where he's flying towards what looks like a painting. It's like a plumber's... Someone's cut out a photo of a fucking bat and just like pushing it towards their painting. They're like, "Go, go, go!" Um, but no, it's, it's still it's still a reasonably fun watch. Yeah, I think so. I think it's definitely one of those movies that like it is an easy watch. Like it's one of those movies. It's not too taxing on the brain. Like it's an easy watch. It's not scary. Like it's a horror movie in the sense that it's got horror characters in it. Yeah. Um. And I love, like, I love the celebration of, like, the monster kid in it. Like, that. one of my favourite things is, like, the monster kid, like, how they celebrate, like, young horror fans and, like, they show the enthusiasm of, like, kids getting into horror and stuff like that. Like, I think that's... There's a few key scenes in this, like, where they're in the clubhouse and they've got, like, the old horror posters on the wall and they're kind of talking about the monsters. And there's that really nice scene where him and his dad are, like, sitting on the roof and he's, like, watching the outdoor cinema with, like, the... The binoculars and stuff which I think is really cool so I, I like I like that aspect of it and I think it's really like fun to kind of show that you know horror isn't just for adults and like horror can be for kids as well and I think that that's really really important um and I think it's one thing like this isn't this is a thing that I kind of get into I see topics of discussion online about people all the time people are like oh you know you don't like horror because you don't find this movie scary or you don't find that movie scary or like when people talk about things like Ghostbusters not being horror or like Monster House or like things like that or Goosebumps. And I'm like, yeah, just because it's not like... Adult horror. Yeah. Like horror is different. Horror is a very subjective thing. It's, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I think there's a, this whole th elitist thing of like, oh, well, like I saw fucking Cannibal Holocaust when I was 10 years old and 
I'm fucking hard as nails. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's you. Like, that's not everybody. No. Like, you know what I mean? And I think there needs to be a bigger emphasis on, like, horror that can be for children and can be for families. Yeah, I do find it interesting with it. <clears throat> things like that, though. Because, like, oh, you've had people say it to me before, before, especially when I used to, like, hate horror movies and I would refuse to watch them. Like, oh, like, you're so scared of them. What, like, I saw insert film that is definitely not appropriate for a 10-year-old when I was 10 years old. And I'm like, that's great. I'm really happy for you. Cannibal Holocaust is a great ex- explanation of it. Because telling you now, I'm fucking nearly 30. I still will not be watching <laughs> Cannibal Holocaust. Because you know what? I'm not going to enjoy it. No, it's fucked up. And this is the thing, is there seems to be this view of you have to watch the hardest, darkest, most horrible horror films to be into horror. I'm not going to enjoy that. And no matter what you're watching, you should be watching it to enjoy it. Like, I'm not going to sit down like a fucking seven-year-old and be like, right, here you go, here's the remake of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to sit them down and be like, oh, here's Caroline, here's Transylvania, Hotel Transylvania, here's fucking The Goonies, here's... I mean, The Goonies is not a horror movie, but I'm going to make my kid watch yeah. it anyway. Here's, you know, Monster House and stuff like that. Because that's age-appropriate and it's... Scary enough to be a horror film, but they're still enjoyable. <laughs> and I don't understand this constant need of horror fans to be like, oh, well, I've watched this fi- this film. It's like the most disgusting horror film ever made. I'm like, great, did you enjoy it? Yeah. Well, it's like there was a thing the other day. There was a guy on TikTok. He he does a thing called Horror Hot Takes, and the video went viral. And like he, he his TikTok started with a clip with like a guy saying like, top five Netflix movies that you couldn't finish that were too scary and it had, like, the background to Insidious on it. And then the guy cuts in with, no, you're not a horror fan. First off, like, the Conjuring background, which is the wrong movie. He's like, should have told me. And then he starts banging on about Cannibal Holocaust, how it's got, like, real animal, like, stuff in it and all this shit. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I'd never watch that. And, like, and then, but then he got a load of blowback and he tried to claim that it was satire. And I was like, no, you're just being an elitist prick. And this is kind of what I'm talking about. Like, this is a horror, this is a horror movie in the sense that this is like a family friendly horror movie. Like, I would class Ghostbusters as a horror franchise. A lot of people class it as a comedy franchise. I think it's both things mm. um, because it has elements of both things in it. And I think, like, that's one of the I think most important things is to kind of realize that horror exists in a lot of different pockets yeah. like a lot of people talk about like this trend of grief horror at the moment with films like Midsummer and The Night House and stuff like that and people don't like that but then people like slasher movies but then people don't like slasher movies but they like psychological horror or they like horror comedy and things like that and I'm like if you like a horror film guess what you're a horror fan like yeah. it doesn't matter what doesn't it matter is what a horror like, film it is but it happens a lot, and it's not specific to the horror community because it's it's every community, no matter what film genre you are into, there will be somebody out there who's like, oh, well, you're not a real fan because you've not seen this. I get it a lot because I watch a lot of Asian cinema. Oh, well, have you seen Itchy the Killer? No. <laughs> I have zero interest in watching it. Oh, well, you're not a real Asian film fan then. Yeah, I'm like, it's... It's just not made for me. It's crazy. Like, do you know what I mean? And you get it a lot. And it's like, because, you know, there's those films out there that everyone always is like, oh, it's the most disgusting film ever made. There is one that specifically drops into my mind whenever I think about people saying this. 
which is a Serbian film. Yeah, I'll never watch that shit. And I will never watch it. And people have, like, there are people out there who are like, oh, well, you're not a real fan of things like this until you've watched it. And I'm like, but did you enjoy it? Like, did you literally sit there and enjoy what you saw on that screen? Because if you didn't, you're watching films to be the prick in the room who said, oh, well, I've seen it. You're not watching it for the enjoyment of watching a film. And this is one of those films... You're watching it for the enjoyment of sitting and watching a film. But I think also it's like, it's like, I will always go back to like music on this as well. I think it's important for like people of an older generation to realise that there are going to be younger people that are going to want to get into the things that you're into. And you have to put yourself back in those shoes of when you were at that age. Like if a ch- like if younger people want to get into horror what are we supposed to do wait until they're like 18 and be like you mm. can watch this now yeah no there needs to be product out there that is softer for them to slowly get used to it and it's the same with like music i remember i was in hmv once and um it was when megadeth had just reissued all their albums and i was i had a load of them in my hands because i was going to go and buy them and some fucking old dude in like a leather jacket was like, hey, you're not a real fan, you're only buying the reissues. And I was like... Yeah, because I'm a kid, I wasn't alive I was when like, the originals I was, like, I'm not being, I was like, you're not being funny, the songs are the fucking same. Like, I like the songs, not how they were produced. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of universal though. Like, I get it a lot. I remember once I was buying... Oh, fuck, what's his name? Zach? The really famous guitarist, he has his own Zach Wilde. Zach Wilde. Yeah. I was buying Zach Wilde's album, I can't remember which one it was, and the guy behind the counter in HMV was like, oh, are you buying it for your big brother? Like, I would have only been, like, maybe 14, 15, I just started getting into rock music. Yeah. And I'd heard one of his songs, I just fell in love with it, and I went and bought the album it was on, I cannot for the life of me what album it is. And yeah, I literally was like, oh, are you buying it for your older brother? And I had the same thing when I went, like, go to video game shops. I remember I went into game before it had moved in town to the yeah. top to go buy. I went to go buy Devil May Cry and something else. And the guy behind, the guy came over and was like, oh, do you need any help? I'm like, no, I'm fine. I know what I'm looking for. Oh, well, does your boyfriend like any specific kind of games? And I was like, I don't have a boyfriend. Yeah, it's They're so for me. weird. Like, and you, you get it everywhere. And like, you'll get it. I feel like you get it as a girl a lot in shops like game and comic book stores. Because there's this view of, like, women do not do those things, yeah. which is weird, I will say that outright. But, like, even in film stores sometimes, if you're looking at, like, horror... Like, I don't look like I watch horror films. I didn't up until recently, but you do kind of get a look of, like, oh, she's buying it for somebody else. Mm-hmm. As I'm stood there with, like, my little satanic panic Blu-ray. <laughs> like, give me, give me the horror. Yeah, but it's, it's such a weird thing. And that's what I love about this movie and like things like Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps and stuff like that is... Are You Afraid it, of the Dark? Oh, the TV yeah, show. It I was of, like, not that fucking film, it's terrible. It kind of shows you that there is like an inherent thing of like kids believing urban legends or getting around campfires or like having sleepovers and trying to tell each other scary stories. And, and this is that's this where it starts. Well, it doesn't happen anymore because you don't have those moments now where kids can sit around a campfire... And tell scary stories because that was the premise of "Aren't You Afraid of the Dark?" Yeah, Don't be afraid of the dark. It's the Midnight Society. Was the Midnight Society? They all sit around their camp- yeah. campfire and tell horror stories. You don't get that anymore because kids don't tend to go camping in groups mm-hmm. like you used to. Like, they don't do weird little camping trips in the middle of nowhere. And kids' horror films are now the way they hear these scary stories. Mm. 
And I think it's important, like, I was a pansy as a kid and anything scary scared the living bejesus out of me. But I still enjoyed getting scared. Yeah. Just not having to deal with the aftermath of me not being able to sleep for like two days because I'd watch a scary episode of, Do- of um, <laughs> Scooby-Doo. And I, and I, like, my my last thing I will say on this movie is... I think that that is this movie's enduring legacy is that like at one point or another we've all been a monster kid and I think that that is this movie's enduring legacy it's the innocence of childhood but it's that kind of like knowing who you are and knowing what you like and like celebrating fandom and celebrating just innocently liking the things that you like and just hanging out with your friends who understand the same things as you and just being an authentic version of yourself. And I think as cool as it is to see all the monsters together and stuff, I I think that's almost like a secondary part of the film. And I think the big part of the film is, like I say, celebrating fandom and celebrating friendships and kind of like those friends that you make as a child and those bonds that you have as a child. And it's like you bond over something that you love. And I think that that is ultimately the coolest thing about this film. Um other than the fact that some fat kid shoots hot, shoots a gill man in the tit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, that's like that to me. I think is what the film's enduring legacy is, and I think it's the same with Stranger Things. Like, as much as like Stranger Things is cool because of like the story and all of the Dungeons and Dragons stuff and the horror elements of it. Like, I think the friendships in that show and like that group of kids is what makes that show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for me personally, like. It's just kind of cool to kind of look back at like a snapshot of what my life was like when I was a kid. Mm. Um, And like, you know, it's kind of nice to see that represented and you kind of hope one day that's something that your kids are going to experience for themselves. And yeah, for me, like I, I, this is not a movie that I gush over like a lot of people do. Like I know people that are obsessed with this movie and I think it's a really good movie. I think it's a really good indication of the, the, screenwriters and directors that Shane Black and Fred Decker would go on to become and I love the concept of it and I think it's definitely something that's crying out for like more from that world but I think ultimately it's just like it's a fun movie yeah and it's just it's just a nice reminder of like childhood I think I and I on that note I am going to give this movie a four out of five four out of five I'm gonna match you on that. I think it is a fun film, and while I was not a monster kid, like I remember having those things. Me and my two best friends when I was around at the same age as these kids, they're kind of like nine, ten, he's pretending to be Charlie's Angels, and we were the weird kids on the playground because that's what we would play. We would play Charlie's Angels, and it's something that it always sticks with you. Like Those are moments as an adult. You can still look back on your life and go, I fucking remember doing shit like that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I think it's really nice. Yeah, and I think it's important as well. Like, I think it's important to kind of have that representation in films for kids that... Are a bit weird. Yeah, and are kind of, like, getting into stuff because they can see them selves on the screen yeah and i think that's really cool and i think it's really important and i think with films like this is even if you were not a monster kid and you're 
weird fandom lies somewhere else is still a great moment of oh well other people also like weird things and do weird shit do you know what I mean because yeah. like I feel that way about Stranger, Stranger Things kids again to, to compare it to Stranger Things is there a great representation of like there are other kids out there who are super weird and are doing yeah. weird things and they're like the D&D kids aren't they yeah they're the D&D kids they're not popular they're the weird kids at school yeah and I like that. I think it's really cool and um, that there is that representation that it's continued as well throughout the years. There's always a show that is about the like loser kids. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. like even like the most recent version of it, I think the loser with club. the losers club. Yeah. I think that's a really good representation of these types of kids and these types of characters as well. But um, yeah, so that's our thoughts on the Monster Squad. What do you guys think? Have you seen The Monster Squad? Have you not seen The Monster Squad? Um, Andre Gower, who plays Sean in the movie, actually released a feature-length documentary about the making of this film called Wolfman's Got Nards, which you can <laughs> buy on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, I don't know if it's available in shops or if it's a, an online exclusive only, but if you Google it, you definitely can buy it and it's definitely worth a watch. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, we will be back on Friday with a 5x5 based on our top five most popular or like favorite favorite ghosts ghosts in in popular culture culture. and then we will be back next monday with our review of ghostbusters afterlife i cannot wait for this to be over so keep it keep it on the socials you know where to find us s-i-m-a s-i-m-a-h-f pod on the twitters so i'm married a horror fan on instagram and tumblr come find us um, you know, keep supporting the page. Want to say once again, um, the we've had such an incredible amount of support over the last year and the last month or so, particularly with the episodes we've been putting out. So, just want to thank everyone again for listening, commenting, taking time to share, retweet, send links. You know, shout us out on Twitter, shout us out on Instagram. We really appreciate it. And stay tuned because we have a super secret ultra double mega ninja announcement coming up fairly soon about something cool that we're doing with another channel but until it's official and we've got a date locked in we're not going to say anything just yet so keep it locked we're just going to tease you wildly yeah. for no apparent reason because simon likes to like really tease people so keep it locked and uh, we'll see you in the next one okay thanks bye bye